Legendary Super Bowl winning coach Sean Payton is thinking about making a return to the NFL in 2023, and one of the teams that he's looking at are the Chargers. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons now, but we're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen. And as always, to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But it is Fan Mail Friday, and we're starting, David, with the Biggest news I didn't see coming, which is that Sean Payton is looking to get back into the mix of the NFL, and he named the Chargers as one of the three teams he'd be trying to go back to if he could get the chance to do it. So we'll talk about that situation and if Brandon Staley could even have a seat hot enough to make something like that happen. But let's not forget, the Chargers have gone big game hunting recently. So we'll talk about that and also get into what the most sweepable team in the AFC West is, which team we have the most confidence that the Chargers could go in and sweep I don't know if Raiders fans will be very happy about that conversation but we will also be getting into our least favorite head coach our game day rituals even much more but it starts with Sean Payton David this one came out of nowhere it's from the Miami Herald's Barry Jackson who said there's three teams that Sean Payton would be potentially trying to go back to when he makes his return and everyone's always said since he got out of the Saints that he's probably going to be trying to come back and he's listing the Chargers, David, out of nowhere, right? So, first of all, just, like, how would you feel? Like, would you want Sean Payton to coach the Chargers? Yeah, I mean, looking at Sean Payton's resume, it, it's kind of hard to not be like, man, wow, it would be awesome to have a Super Bowl winning coach, a guy who is an offensive genius, an offensive guru, I mean, by all accounts. I mean, and, hey, the, the Chargers already have a lot of elements of his offense in their current yeah. offense right now. So, I mean, it would be a pretty smooth, seamless transition if the Chargers were to take that route. Right. So, I mean, the thing is, is I love Sean Payton. I mean, he's definitely, I think, probably following him because of Drew Brees and him being a Charger and then going to the Saints. And, like, let's not forget what he was able to do with Drew Brees, which is something the Chargers weren't ever able to do, which is get the most out of him and turn him into one of the best quarterbacks of all time and win a Super Bowl championship. He also led Drew Brees to two you know, Offensive Player of the Year awards. He was a first-team All-Pro under Sean Payton. So the one great thing about it is you feel like Justin Herbert's in good shape because not only did he take Drew Brees to new heights, he also was able to keep remaking that offense as Drew Brees' arm got worse, right, and to keep a competitive team with him at quarterback for so long, you know, 13-3, and 12-4 and four seasons late in Drew Brees' career. So, like, that part, he definitely gets a huge check there, right? I mean – the hard thing is, is like, first of all, you don't even know if he'd pick you, right? Even if you right. were to say Firebrand Staley or whatever, you don't know if he's where you're going to go. But at the same time, you have a chance to get a guy who you know can go win. He was 9-8 and eight in the playoffs, so nothing crazy there. But he did have nine double-digit win seasons. He won 63% of his games as a head coach. All really, really good marks and would be some of the best marks in Chargers coaching history for sure. Was a coach of the year. And this is the interesting thing, David, because... Before Justin Herbert, 
there was Tom Brady. Let's not forget about that, right? Because it came down to a part after Philip Rivers' last season where it was the Chargers were pursuing Tom Brady and he was picking between the Buccaneers and the Chargers. And it was a very divisive topic and something not a lot of people wanted to really talk about because it's like, I kind of want to, he's the best quarterback of all time, but he's probably over the hill. He goes and wins the Super Bowl in his first year in Tampa yeah. Bay. See how that works out. Yeah. Go back to last season, David. After the Chargers get rid of Anthony Lynn, who's one of the guys that they're rumored to be going after? Urban Meyer was one yeah. of the guys, right? They were in the sweepstakes for Urban Meyer. We don't know how seriously they wanted it. We don't know how seriously he was to taking it. Obviously, of course, he would love to have Justin Herbert. Let's all take a collective sigh of relief on that one. That, that <sighs> dude didn't step into the building and <laughs> kicking Josh Lambeau and you know, showing up in bars and things like that. The Chargers properly roasted him for it in their schedule release this season. Sure did. <laughs> but the point being, David, is we saw the Chargers kind of quietly trying to make some big swings and to take chances and to really, I mean, at least in one sense, you know, trying to maximize Justin Herbert after his rookie season and before Justin Herbert trying to capitalize in their new market in L.A. and trying to go for a championship by bringing in someone like Tom Brady. So, like, it's not like we haven't seen the chargers do kind of some uncharacteristic things lately. No, not at all. I mean, it's not, it's definitely a move that you know, you have to at least think that it's something in the realm of possibility. And then as far as from his perspective, of course he's going to want to come be the coach of a team that is by all accounts, one of the best rosters in the NFL has a young superstar quarterback on a rookie contract yep. that gets to play in warm weather, which is something that he uh, specifically stated that he wanted to be able to do uh, according to this report but there's one thing that was in that report that gives me a lot of pause as it comes as it pertains to the chargers and that's that he wants to have full control over all personnel decisions and i think that's one thing right there that i don't think is going to happen is not in not a, a realistic situation as far as the chargers organization is concerned yeah, I mean, I don't think they're willing to give a coach that power. I mean, I know Tom Telesco wouldn't be in favor of it. And it wasn't full control, but it was control over personnel decisions. So, I mean, how you know much of a, a stranglehold he'd have on that role, it's hard to say. But, yeah, I mean, it's a win-now team, right? Which yeah. is obviously he's not going to come out of retirement for a non-win-now team. I think the Cowboys are a super likely team. A landing spot for him is a team that has, you know, Mike McCarthy and, like, that seems always destined for failure. And there's been rumors around that in the past. 100%. Jerry Jones, Sean, Sean Payton. Payton cutting it up. Makes total sense to me. Dolphins, another warm you know, situation where you can come in and have a, at least a pretty solidly built ro roster over there. I'm not ready to give up on Brand Staley yet. And I think it takes us to our next Fan Mail Friday question. That question was from DZ Wilson 57 who I totally just skipped over because I was thinking only about Sean Payton. But thank you, DZ. We appreciate the question. But Darren Wasser also asked, if Brandon Staley doesn't make it to the playoffs, is he on the hot seat? So I think because that's the other thing here, David, which is, you know, okay, well, something has to happen with Brandon Staley because if it's 2023 we're talking about, that's one more season. So could Brandon Staley get fired after two seasons? With the Chargers' current situation, should he get fired after two seasons for, you know, not making it to the playoffs with an elite-level quarterback, right, that's wasting, I guess, a year of this prime core's, you know, talented window? Yeah, I mean, could he? Sure, he he definitely could because when you look at this Chargers roster, like I said in the previous question, it is stacked. I mean, it's one of the best rosters in the league, and especially after this season with him, is 
he went out and basically got all of the defensive pieces that he felt like he needed sure. to be able to perform his defense the way he wants to. But also, I'll I'll give you all of the best organizations in the NFL have continuity in their front office and in their coaching situation, like Mike Tomlin and the, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been there forever. He's been very, very successful. They've had a lot of continuity between their head coach and their GM who, you know, just retired last season, but they were, they've been together for many, many years. So I like the continuity factor a lot more. I feel like two years is not enough for you to build that. I also love the culture that Brandon Staley has been building. I love everything that he's been doing. He's bringing excitement to the Chargers football with his decisions and the way he goes and, and the brand of football that he wants to play. I think it's exciting. And I think the Chargers have the right leadership in place. I am a Brandon Staley believer and I want them to keep that continuity together so they can do special things for the Chargers. Yeah, I'm a believer in Brandon Staley. I like his philosophies. I like the relationships. I like the importance he's put on player health because that obviously was much, much Huge. better in 2021 and the relationships he's built with these players have helped them really fill in the cracks in the roster. And I just love, like I've said recently, like the way the roster construction has changed since he's taken over the way that the draft Amen. has changed since he's taken over free agency, all those things. I think it would be a much different situation and a much different conversation after 2022, because now he has those pieces that he yeah. needed. Right. And I think when you're not enough is made between the differences of Gus Bradley's defense and Brandon Staley's defense takes two completely different kinds of personnel, even if you have great players like Derwin James and Joey Bosa as your core. But Brandon Staley obviously took a lot of heat for a lot of the decisions he made. But I loved it. I love going for it on fourth down. I don't want the conservative coach again. We've seen that. We will be talking about our least favorite coach later on in this show. But there was one decision where Brandon Staley could have potentially made a different call and gotten the Chargers in the playoffs last year, and it's not the one you think it is. So we're going to get into that and which team in the AFC West we think is the most sweepable. But I think with the Sean Payton situation, I like Sean Payton. It's interesting. I'm going to stick with Brandon Staley for now, even over a guy who's a championship-level head coach. But if you're looking for a championship-level protein bar, there's only one place to go, and that is Built Bars, right? Because they are the best protein bars you're going to find. And right now, they have a very special flavor that you guys need to know about, and it's Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. That's right, Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff Built Bar flavor that you love with the delicious, chewy marshmallow on the inside covered in 100% real chocolate. It's fluffy like a cloud. Imagine eating something that fits on your diet, and you're just biting straight into a cloud because that is the best thing about Built Bar. I mean, it's nice that they're all low-sugar, high-protein, high-calorie, but for me, if it doesn't taste good, I'm just straight up not going to eat it. So when you're telling me you're going Coconut Brownie Chunk, a flavor that was already goat kind of level flavor and you bring in the puff part of it now, I'm going to be very, very interested and you should be as well because Bill Bar has all the great flavors that you're looking for. You don't want something that tastes chalky. You don't want something that tastes waxy. You want to take something that's breaking you away from your diet, right? I was just on the COVID diet. I didn't eat anything. Bill Bars saved me through that because it was something I could stomach pretty much the whole time. But you want to take a little vacation away from your diet. You go with a Built Bar. You go with the Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff right now and go to Built.com because you can even save some money. Since you listen to this show, if you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, well, we're getting back here to Fan Mail Friday, and if you guys want to make sure you're getting involved and getting your questions on the show, because if you ever don't like Fan Mail Friday, you got to look in the mirror a little bit because we're asking you guys to help us craft the show so we can give you the exact show that you want. We got more great questions today 
on Twitter at LockdownLAC and in the YouTube comments as well. We really appreciate all of you guys. But we do have other great questions, and there's a situation with Brandon Staley that I thought was at least very interesting and something he could have done differently in the final game of last season. But while I have you guys here, you guys need to know which NFL stars move the betting line the most because Justin Herbert is one of them. And starting July 18th, Lockdown gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from oddsmakers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Lockdown NFL, wherever you get your podcast from and on YouTube. But we had a good question here from Atir David, someone who got wrote in last week with a good question. He has another one this week, and he says, I'm wondering why did Brandon Staley not go for the two-point conversion against the Raiders in the final game of the season? The Raiders' defense was on the field too long. Why do you think he didn't do it? So to give perspective to this, this is after the Mike Williams touchdown. The Chargers come all the way back. They erase the double-digit lead that they faced in the fourth quarter. Brandon Mike Williams catches the ball. In the end zone, perfect throw from Justin Herbert. Still, like, one of the most impossible and probable plays that happened in the entire NFL last season. And it left the most aggressive coach in the NFL with a big decision, David. Do you go for two and try to win it right there on your own terms in the hands of your quarterback? Or do you go to overtime? And and that was a decision because of what happened, him calling the timeout late and so much that was made about nothing, really, in my opinion that we didn't really talk as much about the two-point conversion chance that they had because they were a big two-point conversion team. They did it when the analytics said to do it. That was a situation where they would be in favor of going for two, putting the ball in your own offense's hands, or you lose straight up, right? There takes the tie out of the equation, which is not not important in this, right? Because the tie also gets you in in the situation the yes. Chargers face. So what do you think about that? Do you think, I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but do you think they should have just right then and there Put the foot on the throat, win for the win. I mean, going back and and I did go back and look look at that sequence again. And just a reminder, like it, it didn't take a lot of time off the clock, but it was a 19 play drive, 19 plays. So given that context uh, and the fact that there's no way that the Raiders defense would have been very happy if they did, because they had to have been gassed. They had to have been completely worn out because Justin Herbert was literally coming after him after them play after play after play. So, you know, with like you said, with the benefit of hindsight and being able to go back and looking at that situation again, I think the Chargers definitely should have went for two in that situation because I don't think the Raiders defense was in any, any position to be able to stop them. They couldn't do it before that situation. And I think Justin Herbert had the hot hand and. You know, hey, obviously in that situation, it's you either convert or you go home. So that's why they went for the tie, because at least they give themselves another opportunity. Um, But obviously we know how that ended up. Yeah, I, I kind of thought of it like this. When it happened, I was thinking, you know what? Like the game started off so weird, right? Because there was the fumble in the beginning by Andre Roberts. You had missed field goals. Yeah. Like it just, you, they put themselves in a 10-0 hole before you could even realize it was the last game of the season. Everything was riding on it. Yeah. And then they, you know, came back in that game and were really controlling the game, obviously, at that point. And I think what the thought process was is just like, hey, if we get a full another quarter out of this, like, the better team's going to come to the top, right? Mm-hmm. Forgetting you obviously had one of the worst defenses in the league, and they can end you on the very first drive, and they didn't, and the Chargers had their chances and kicked a field goal even after that yep. to extend overtime, right, before the infamous run and the kicking of the field goal at the end of the game. I was surprised they didn't go for it. I don't necessarily blame them for not doing it because they still should have won the game. I mean, they still yeah. should have been able to beat the Raiders in overtime, but they had that chance right there. And if your philosophy is going to be put the ball in your best player's hands, he didn't do it. 
on that occasion. And the Chargers obviously did not end up making the playoffs. But we did have another great question about the AFC West, which is going to be just absolutely bonkers in 2022. It's going to be the craziest division in football. And this is from SoCal Slime, who chimed in from the YouTube comments. And he asked, which team in our division do you guys think is the most sweepable for the regular season and why? So I know who I'm. I got mine loaded up, David, but I want to know who you're going with. Yeah, I mean, I'm going with the Raiders, and and, and there's a, <laughs> I know big surprise here. Um, the reason for it is mostly family because... trust respect. <laughs> no, um, they have a first time head coach. You know, excuse me, a new head coach. He's not a first time head coach. We we do remember the first time that uh, Josh McDaniels was a head coach of the Denver Broncos. It did not go very well at all. So <laughs> I don't have a lot of trust in his ability to lead a franchise. I mean, I have to see it to believe it. Sure. Um, but also the Raiders offensive line, I don't even think they know who's going to play offensive line for them right now. And they are, they're going to go up against Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack and uh, Sebastian Joseph Day and, you know, Derwin James. Have fun with that. But also, honestly, their defensive secondary also has a lot of questions, mar question marks to me. And I feel like Justin Herbert with this offensive line and their weapons, they're going to shred them. And I feel like that's the reason why I feel like the Raiders are the most sweepable team in the AFC West. Well, let's not forget the Chargers should have swept him. We just talked yeah. about that last game of the season, right? That yes, would have been sir. the sweep right there. It should have happened. And like, should have, could have, would have. They lost. Yeah. They didn't do it. They didn't sweep right. any of the divisions. And last year, it would have been the Broncos. To me, this year, it is the Raiders. And I think that's for several reasons for me along that same line of thinking. First of all, you have the worst quarterback in the division. Raiders fans can get in the YouTube comments and say whatever you want. There's a hierarchy, and you can argue about who's one, two, and three, but you can't argue about who's four. That's Derek Carr. Russell yep. Wilson is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. Justin Herbert's a much better quarterback than Derek Carr, and so is Patrick Mahomes. Just in case anyone was confused about what I was saying. The worst Just so quarterback it wasn't clear. in the division. If it wasn't yeah. clear, if you don't know, now you know. Secondly, big questions defensively, as you talked about, switching to a new defense, I believe, with Patrick Graham as the defense coordinator, going away from Gus Bradley and the personnel they brought in to do that, especially in the secondary. There are some names you don't want to see out on NFL fields in that secondary. <laughs> and then, obviously, you should have already done it. You have the better team. You are the better roster. I'm not, I don't think the Chargers will sweep all the teams, you know, and sweep the AFC West at all. But I think if they have the best chance of one team, it's going to be the Raiders. Because, David, I mean, I think that the, the Broncos have a much better defense than the Raiders and obviously just, you know, solved their quarterback situation, at least as we see it right now. They also right. have a first-year head coach. It's between those two, which is crazy, though, because it's like with Kansas City, like they lost Tyreek Hill, and I'm still not even ready to approach that subject as far as them being the most sweepable team. Andy Reid, man. Andy Reid is the difference between, you know, those other two teams. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Mahomes as well. But, I mean, Andy Reid's a phenomenal head coach and, and a guy who just seems like he has so many different tricks and so many different offensive plays that we don't really see. And he just makes And I think you have to see work. it against them, right? Because, I mean, yeah. the, the Chiefs have – they are the juggernaut. They're the team that's been to four conference championship games in a row. Like, he, he, I'm not going to put their name in my mouth until I watch the Chargers go out there and do it because the Chargers – should have swept the Chiefs in 2021, too. Yes, they should have swept the Chiefs last <sighs> year, and they can sweep the, char the the Chiefs this year. They have a better team. I, I can say that. I feel very confident saying that right now, but I need to see it. So I need to see yeah. the Chargers go out there and do it. But I firmly believe they have the most talent in the AFC West, and they can definitely beat every single team in the AFC West. Yeah, I think the Chargers have the most complete roster in the AFC West. I do think the Chiefs will take a step back. It's just whether the Chargers can go and take it, you know, because until you do it, 
your little brother until you can yeah. dethrone the champs because they've won the AFC West like 115 times in a row. Yep. But we do have to talk about David. I like the Chargers coach right now. And if you need a place to bet on the Chargers over the Chiefs, you can do that at betonline.net. But we are going to be getting into coming up next who are least favorite coaches. Obviously, I would I, I'm okay with Sean Payton. I like Brandon Staley. But who's the least favorite coach that we've had since we've been covering the Chargers? We're also going to talk about our game day rituals and a non-starter we're excited to watch in 2022. But I do need to tell you guys that Bet Online is the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. And if you guys are looking for NFL futures, we're not that far away from football, guys. Don't get too crazy now, but training camp is coming up. We are going back to five shows a week starting next week, but it will probably be four because I'm getting married next week. Uh, but we are going to be getting into a lot of stuff because football is right around the corner which means the bets are able to be made at betonline.net and if you're a big football guy you can go on and bet on the futures you can go over under on the chargers record you can go if brandon staley will be coach of the year will justin herbert win mvp he's high up there in those odds for sure but there's also great things to be betting on right now i mean ufc is always something if you're talking about getting a puncher's chance trying to bet a little Make a lot. I'm going UFC. You also have baseball that's in full swing right now. You have golf tournaments on the weekend. There's still many more things, and it takes the lesser sports up a level when you have some action riding on it. And the best place, the most innovative, the most creative, the most fun place to place your bets is at betonline.net because I'm in it for the weird stuff, and BetOnline has me covered on all the funnest tournaments and prop bets and anything that you're looking for along those lines. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline.net where the game starts. All right, David. Well, we are going to continue this fan mail Friday because we have more great questions to be getting into. And we want to start with Brandon Mitchell, who asked us on YouTube, who was your least favorite head coach since you've been a fan and why? So I think for me, David, I'm not going to go any further back than Marty Schottenheimer because that is kind of when I fully became a developed Chargers fan. We're talking early 2000s, obviously. That is when I got into it. And he, yeah. Was a good coach. I'm not going to use him as my least favorite head coach. The guy no. went 14 and two, which is still the best record I've seen in my Chargers fandom and ever for the yep. Chargers. But least favorite coach is a different conversation, David, because I mean, it's not going to be Brandon Sealy, but the Chargers are also coming off of three dudes who ended very poorly with the organization, at least record wise or where the team was heading at that point. So when you're talking about it, who were your options and who'd you end up going with? I mean, to me, there really was only one option. I mean, I didn't. I, I, there, I saw. Does he have a nickname? Uh, yeah, yeah. I caught a couple of, of those nicknames. One of them's Malibu Mike. One of them's Milk Toast <laughs> McCoy. Uh, you know, if you haven't put it together, it, it's Mike McCoy. Mike McCoy was the most drab, most boring person I have ever seen at the podium. I made my ears want to bleed. He did not give anything of substance, never gave any kind of information, never kind of had any personality from him, never kind of got to uh, know who he was as a person. He just was such a, and also the Chargers were really bad underneath Mike McCoy as well. He did not make good decisions on the field. Uh, and yeah, he was just horrible. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. Mike McCoy by a mile. Yeah, it's Mike McCoy. That's the right answer. I mean, realistically, I'm not going Marty, right? After Marty was Norv Turner, who had his own bag of worms, right? And then yeah. it was Mike McCoy after Norv Turner and how bad that went. And then it was Anthony Wynn. And, you know, fans were ready for Anthony Wynn to be gone after last season. Some would argue yeah. even the year before that. Yeah. But, I mean, 2018, he was 12-4. and four. So, like, at yeah. least he had one really good season. The best record that Mike McCoy ever had was 9-7. and seven. 
He, they both went one and one in the playoffs. Neither of those are great, but like comparatively, I mean, Mike McCoy was 27 and 37 in four years, right? Norv Turner for as much, you know, backlash as he deservedly took was 56 and 40. That's 16 games clear of 500, even with mm-hmm. Anthony Lynn and how frustrating that was. It's at a times. full season. 33 and 31, still above 500 during his time with the Chargers, even for Anthony Wynn. Mike McCoy, terrible record, terrible coach, didn't seem, I mean, the, all the rumors at the time where he did not have good relationships with the players in that locker room. We're going to do what's best for the football years. team. Oh, it was terrible. The press conferences yeah. were terrible. The on-field results were terrible. And it was a, and he just never was that defense or that offensive genius, right? That they were trying to take away Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator and use it Phillip Rivers. It just didn't work. So it Mike was McCoy, Peyton, is there. yeah. Guess what? Peyton Manning <laughs> is the offense, right? You know. So let's get to the next one here from Benjamin Sanchez, and he's asking, "What's both of your game day rituals?" I set up a projector in the backyard, make a gallon of margarita, have my legal bowl loaded. Chips and queso and ribeye tacos. Also love how heated you guys were with the rankings. Thank you guys for everyone who reached out. I definitely think we were on a different level of passionate, I guess, on that Wednesday show that we had this week. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. It was fun. Talking about top 10 lists. And we got somehow I got, I mean, probably unreasonably mad about it. But I think we made a pretty good point there. David, what's your game day ritual? Mine has changed, I will admit, since covering the Chargers. Not as fun as it once was as far as my game day setup, but I definitely have a general football setup I'm always going for. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a little bit different now that we cover the Chargers and then we spend so much time. Can't get hammered drunk, basically, the big thing. Yeah, yeah, you can't really drink heavily when we're watching the shows anymore. But for me, it's something that I've always done pretty much since I was a little kid is gone to bed as late as possible so that I can have I can shorten the amount of time between the time I'm awake and when the Chargers play so that, that's going always, to bed as soon as possible or as no, late going as, possible? as late as possible but when you want to go to bed as early as possible so you wake up and there's football the next day no no because I want to yeah. shorten the amount of time yeah. that I'm awake so that I have to wait until the Chargers play <laughs> so that's always sleeping in some- as much as possible you're saying Yes, I'm sleeping okay. in as much as possible. And I live in Texas. So, you know, the earliest game that they're going to play is 12 o'clock here for me. So that's something I always do. Always make sure I got something delicious. I'm a big boneless wings fan. So normally I get some boneless wings to have on deck. And I do enjoy a couple of beers here, but, you know, I have to be ready for the show uh, after the game. So that's normally what my typical routine is. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go ahead. I mean, for Chargers games, I, for the most part, sit on my couch, throw stuff around, and just am a nervous wreck. Oh, and scream at the TV. I can't game. forget that. I definitely 100%. If we're talking about what my bye week weekend looks like, because I'm a, I'm a football junkie. I mean, I'm a fantasy football guy. My Sundays are, it turns on at 10 a.m. I got red zone and multiple different games going on. Yeah. And I'm going to have chips with dip, of course, chips and queso, Hall of Fame level snack for game day, obviously. Oh, I'll yeah. have some beers. Legal bull loaded. I don't know what that means. Maybe I would try. I don't know because I don't know what you're talking about. But everything else there, I mean, that's a pretty, pretty ideal game day setting to me, Benjamin, for sure. Ribeye tacos. That's just making me hungry. And now I'm thinking about brisket. I'm thinking about Justin Herbert. All of that is good. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to get dips. I'm trying to have chips. I'm trying to have beers. I'm trying to just literally watch football all day every time I get the chance to do that and think about and monitor my blood pressure, of course. For sure. I mean, the Chargers will will push that for sure. But let's go to Brett Austin on Twitter who asked, for the first time in my 40 years of fandom, I have very few personnel questions. Any rumors that you guys have heard about the Chargers announcing alternate helmet and uniforms 
They are the gold standard and really should either do an 80s or 90s throwback. So the Bengals helmets are cool. The new helmets are coming out. Teams are releasing, you know, unique, you know, game-changing kind of helmets that they can use from the NFL this season. And obviously, when things like that are happening, you wonder, okay, well, what is the team with the best NFL's uniform going to have to offer with this? And obviously, right now, they got the white helmets. Their helmets are great. They're perfect. I wouldn't change anything about it. But if you could introduce another helmet into the mix, there's a couple. And I think you're right on the money there as far as the timeline you're going for. Because you have the late 70s, early 80s was the dark blue Dan Fouts helmet with the yellow bolt on it, right? But then there's also the late 90s, early 2000s, early LT look where you get the navy, really dark blue, less royal blue color helmet with the white bolt on it. And that is an, an elite helmet. And I think for this, it's easy to see how it fits because it's either going to be that dark navy jersey that they pair it with, or it's going to be the color rush jersey, which is more of the bright blue, bright yellow. David, that's a tough choice. I think we're going to see one of them. I have not heard anything. Me and David, obviously, like, if we had great information to give you guys, we would totally give it to you. But we're also going to make sure we know exactly what's going to happen if we are going to ever say anything like that. But it is in the works. But, David, as far as helmets go, though, I mean, there's a couple of elite combos they could go with here. Absolutely. I mean, I think the two that you mentioned are probably the the highlights for me. The, the gold helmet. Oh, my goodness. The, the way that would match up with, with the, the blue color and gold, brush, yeah. yeah, the blue and gold would be absolutely perfect, would be beautiful. And the Navy helmet, too, with the numbers on it. I mean, hey, that's the, the era of football that I watched the most. So that's probably the one that's stuck in my mind as the one I'd love to see. And also, I'll say I, I wish they wore the Navy's more than once a year. I mean, maybe that would justify them actually having the navy helmet so i mean right. obviously the chargers have the best uniforms in all the professional sports so to add another accessory to make them even better sign me up let's do it well i think you have the most pressure right when you have the most oh, yeah. the best uniforms it's going to be the most pressure to get it right and they crushed it with their new jerseys that they have right now that's really tough i think i would go the navy blue as opposed to the royal blue and yellow i think i'd go navy blue and white because i think like that would just be so crazy but obviously yes. it sucks to only see it like once a year i mean that would be fire that's gas whatever the kids are saying but you know it, it would be a, a perfect combination with that jersey but the color rush one with the gold on the gold bolt on it I mean, I don't think they can go wrong either way in that situation just because that's crazy. You know, they, their jerseys are crazy. Give me the new helmet, though. I'm very much looking forward to it. Let's go yes. to Superfan Zach here, David, and get a couple rapid-fire ones to end the show today. Superfan Zach asks, which non-starter on the offense are you most excited to watch this season? I consider Donna Parham not a starter. That goes to Everett. So he's picking Donna Parham. I think that's a solid choice, David, as tight end two for the Chargers right now. Who are you going with? Because I think there's a pretty obvious answer. Yeah, I mean, I think – Isaiah Spiller is the the first one for me. I'm really hoping that he's a guy that's going to be able to solve their backfield issues, a guy that can really spell Austin Eckler and not see a lot of drop off because I see the ability. I see a little bit of a bigger body and a clear path to playing time. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely clear path to playing time. You know, the great contact balance. I just feel like he is primed to be a good complement to Austin Eckler. And then I think the obvious one is, is Josh Palmer, at least to me. I feel like this is a guy who really progressed and showed his work ethic from almost the beginning of training camp so i just love the way he goes about his business and he's a receiver that i have a lot of trust in and his ability because he puts the work in yeah i mean and that's the weird thing right because it's like is wide receiver three a starter probably 
I mean, most teams are going 11 personnel. You're going one tight end, three receivers, one running back anyway. So, I mean, he's borderline starter. Um, but Isaiah Spiller is an obvious backup and an obvious guy that you know is going to get on the field, right? It's like yeah. I could say Jamari Sawyer. Maybe he's the right tackle of the future. But, like, right. there's only so many options you go to. I think that Donna Parham is a good answer. I think Josh Palmer or even Jalen Guyton is, to a lesser extent is a good answer. But, yeah, I mean, it's Isaiah Spiller because he solves the biggest need. And I think he's a guy that could step on the scene and do things well right from the get-go, right, and pro- give you production that you don't already have. But with Josh Palmer, he's the the step I'm most looking forward to seeing because I do think yeah. there's something special with Josh Palmer, and I think we could see a pretty significant leap in talent. Just me, it might be a lot harder to see it when you have you know two top 15 receivers that you're competing with for targets. But I have one more here that I have to get to because it was such a kind gesture from Jimmy Fam on Twitter. He says, hey, Daniel, congratulations on the upcoming wedding. Do you guys have a wedding registry? Let us fans show our support and get you something nice for your big day. Jimmy got me a very gracious gift that totally didn't have to do. And I wanted to do this just to not be respectful of him asking the question and, and, and doing something kind for me. It's a link. It's on Amazon, the registry for the wedding. If you go to Amazon wedding registry, you can type in Daniel Wade, as you see my name right here. And like the eighth one down on July 23rd is mine. But no one please ever feel any need. We do this show for free for you guys. So, I mean, I don't want to ever take anything away from that because I am I do it just to be here because we love the Chargers and because we love putting on this show for you guys. But, Jimmy, you were so gracious, man. I very, very much appreciate it. You definitely deserve the shout-out on today's show. And, obviously, if anyone feels like they want to do something like that to show their appreciation, I'm not going to turn it down. But you really, really don't have to do that but thank you guys for all the great questions today we had a bunch we've been getting a lot even beforehand on fridays before we get to record these shows so we really appreciate you guys really putting your stamp on this show because that's really what fridays are it's a chance for you guys to kind of control the narrative for a day and to make sure you don't ever miss out on those opportunities go follow on twitter at lockdown lac because that's where we put the biggest show posts out and that's where you get most of the questions from but you can find our locked on chargers facebook page you can go at locked on chargers on instagram comment there comment on Facebook, you can call into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924 and get your actual voice played like a radio show call on the show. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But that is going to do it for us today. You can find David Drogmeyer, whose DMs are always open at DrotalkSD. Anytime you guys have a question, you can also find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, And we love being on there for you guys and interacting with you guys on there. To make sure you never miss this show, though, Go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel or follow the show for free, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can always get the show for free and make sure to rate and review if you like the show as well. We very much appreciate that. If you guys need a second listen after your first listen, which is obviously us, make sure to check out the Locked On NFL Podcast because you can find the best experts from around the Locked On Podcast Network that will keep you up to date with the biggest and trending stories from around the NFL. But next week, guys, I have my bachelor party tomorrow, so I'm planning on having a show on Monday and doing something Sunday night if I'm fully healthy and able to do it. And next weekend, I'm getting married, so we will keep you guys updated on what the schedule is going to be. But expect a Monday show for right now, and we'll let you guys know if anything changes on that. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.